I'm Kaya. And I'm Yasmin. And, and this, this is the, the Mixed, Mixed Feelings, Feelings Podcast. Yo, 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 it's the season finale. Finale. Can you believe it? We did two seasons. We didn't. I would just like to thank my parents. The Academy. I'd like to thank you, Kaya. Oh, you're being serious. Thank you. Oh, I mean, I was moderately serious. Okay. <laughs> so, this is the episode everyone has been waiting for. Yeah, people ask this all the time. I don't I don't know why we didn't do this as our episode one. Because I feel like for both of us, we're just like, yeah, huh, we're mixed. Right, like, isn't, that's the point. The point is we're mixed, but we're doing this podcast. Like, the point is a podcast. The point is the podcast, but also, like, mixed feelings. Right. And we have mixed feelings because we're mixed. Yeah, we just so happen to be mixed. But, and I think we also forget that, like, not everybody is mixed. Yeah, we do forget that. Some people have less identity issues than us. <laughs> Can you imagine? It'd be a wonderful life. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Yeah. Hmm. So how would you define mixed? Like, what is that? Right. Well, okay. So I think let's just back up even more. Like, I think mixed as a term is something kind of different. Like, I don't think, I don't think every person who has multiple racial identities identifies as mixed. You know, that's really true. Because honestly, if you really think about it, mixed could be seen as a racial slur. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Kind of like mutt. Mutt. I did call myself that in elementary school. I did yeah. too, which like... Well, we didn't have any language. You're right. Well, we had some. I remember one time my mom asked me what color I was, um, and I think I said peach, you know, which was like this... You wanted to be peach. Well, it wasn't even that I necessarily wanted to be peach. It's just that that's the, the color that everyone would grab when they would color yeah. pictures of themselves. Yeah. I don't think I even grabbed that color. <laughs> I would grab the... Frank. It was like... um. There was a like a weird brown that wasn't the brown. It was like in between the brown and the peach. Yeah, what was that one? I don't know. Mahogany. <laughs> that sounds a little red Mahogany. to be honest. It sounds a little too red. Although, I don't know. That's a tangent. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that not everybody says mixed. So I think that's also interesting. But what do you say like in your day-to-day language? Yeah, I'm mixed. I don't like I'm I tell people, hey, I'm black and white, but I think that that sounds a little abrasive <laughs> to some people. I lighten it up by saying I'm black and white like a zebra. Oh my god. People seem to really like that. <laughs> yeah. Or like I'm white and African American. No, I don't. Caucasian. No, I've literally in my, I've never once said that I am Caucasian. I think I'm going to make a conscious effort to try and start calling white people Caucasian. <laughs> On a regular basis. <laughs> That's just funny to me because, yeah. Well, don't they want more of a racial identity? <laughs> That's what's funny about it. <laughs> That's what's funny about it. What do you think is mixed? But How do you de- define that? I mean... I definitely identify as mixed, but I think that's kind of like a Minnesota thing, too, because there are so many of us. Like, we're just like, oh, you're mixed, too. Like, we don't even think about it. There were a a multitude of racial slurs that I used to refer to myself as when I was younger because I thought it was cool. Um, Should I share one of them? Like, the worst one? Can you please? Y'all are going to hate me for this. No, I'm I'm excited. I used to call myself a Kriga. I think that was my name on, what was, um, you remember that anonymous, um, question thing that I don't even remember the name of the social media, but I think that my name on oh, it was, oh yeah, what was that? It was, it was like Ask FM, but it, it was a different, it started with a W or something. Yeah. I think my name was Kriga Monster. Oh my God. And that just goes to show how messed up. It's deep. It's so deep. It runs like, so deep. Like I didn't call myself one, but I call myself two different racial slurs as a way <laughs> to like, yeah, I thought I was so cool with Beat my the system. pink skinny Bam. jeans. No, but you know what, though? I feel that because it's almost like like I would say, 
I'm black and white, kind of like a mutt. I don't really know what I am in a way so that other people who do say that about me already, I felt like there was power in me saying that about myself. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's almost like we're going back to... I, I said it because... Yeah. I said it first. The N-word. Yeah. Like, saying nigga. Like, I'm taking power in this is my word, right. you know? But, you know, when I look back at my 13-year-old, mm. 14-year-old self... Yes. That wasn't cute. No. That just was not the move. No. To be fair, I didn't do that forever. <laughs> I think I learned fairly quickly. Like, you know, this... I don't feel it. But we evolve. We evolve. We cope how we cope yeah also like i had other mixed friends growing up and they referred to themselves as other like racial slurs like Mm -hmm. i knew a lot of people who call themselves (laughs) so now you're trying to throw other people (laughs) i'll never i I didn't say names but some people would um talk (laughs) some people would call themselves mulatto you know oh yeah i went through that phase i think carmelo even i think I said. yeah and then some people started calling themselves milano like the cookies I love those cookies, though, for real. I know, yeah. It was definitely, like, a weird time growing up, because already you're, like, 13. You don't know how to deal with your curly hair. No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I bought into um, the Frizzies brand. Do you remember that? I had so much Frizzies Right. It was, like, the only curly hair product line that there was, but it was still not meant for, like, mixed girl hair. I find trauma in the word frizzy. Mm, I get upset when people say that word. I do, too. Because it's like, there's no such thing as frizzy hair. That's something we were taught, and it's wrong. Mm, Say more about that. Yeah, because it's literally the only people that say frizzy are, sorry, not sorry, white women who don't have curly hair. White women with straight hair go into the rain for two seconds, and then they come inside, and they're like, my hair's so frizzy. And they look me dead in the eyes, and I know they're referring to my hair texture. And that is interesting, because I really don't, see women with like 4b 4c hair calling their hair frizzy like never that. or if they are it does feel kind of out of place yep i exactly that's why it's so weird it's never people that have curly hair are talking about their hair being frizzy it's always people that don't have curly hair and they're referring to their hair becoming what they think is curly mm. and what they think is like rough textured but it's not isn't it so interesting that like our racial identity is so tied to our hair as oh. women like Obviously, full black women experience Mm -hmm. this, but like the mixed experience with having like 3B, 3C hair is really different because while it's like idolized now as like the ideal natural texture, we all straightened it. We all went through our our period of time where, yeah, we would relax it and damage the shit out of it. Um, And it was because we were closer to attaining like the the straight white people. We thought we could attain. Yeah. We thought we could. And I remember. My my white boyfriend, he was like, your hair looks so pretty. It looks like a white girl's. Yeah. And I remember feeling so good. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, thank you. But like, that is damaging. It's so damaging. I went through, even now, like honestly, to the same like time period, I will not date somebody who ever even once says that my hair looks better straight. Oh, no. Because I, in middle school, I had boys be like, your hair looks better when it's straight. You should straighten it. Me too. And I was so traumatized that I'm like, I will never. Anytime a guy who I kind of like is like, I love your hair when it's straight. I'm like, "Mm, you're not the one for me. Sorry, bye. (laughs) True. Because honestly, you need someone who like when you roll out of bed with your morning breath, when you, you know, before you put that makeup on, acne, scars, all of it, they need to love you like that. And my big ass hair. Yeah, because you know hair hair like ours baby it takes a minute to get it, it takes like a minute <laughs> so you need to love it when it's day four <laughs> just as much as you love it on day one of a wash and go yeah but even that like well i guess now we're talking about hair but for the longest time literally it this summer because i finally found the right hairstylist i could not do wash and goes mm-hmm. because i would want to braid my hair so that it was more relaxed of a curl because I thought it was more manageable for people. Well, let me just say, Kaya, your hair looks banging right now. Thank you. Voluminous, <laughs> moisturized. You did it. You now did I love show. it like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for the longest time, I really wanted my curls to be basically straight. Yeah, girl, and I totally yeah. feel that. And I still feel that sometimes. Yeah. You know, because like, and I hear a lot of other people talking about this too, that like natural hair... What if it's just a fad, you know? Like, what Uh, if it's something we're just going through and people will get over it and we go back to perming our hair, we go back to, you know, only wearing weaves, not feeling comfortable, not feeling like our hair is professional. 
yeah. in the workplace, you know, and that, that kind of makes me nervous. But even going back to being mixed, like, then the, the, the flip side of this coin, right, is, like, women with, like, tighter textured curls who are like, I wish my hair looked like yours. I wish I didn't have such kinky hair. I wish I didn't have to, you know, like, do all these things. And you actually can wear your hair curly and you can do a wash and go because you don't have, like, such tight curls. Which also then you're like, oh, man. Yeah. I should be great. Like, I don't know. Like, it's this weird... Like, we're still in that, like, what is beauty, like, concept of, oh, you almost feel like you need to not necessarily apologize. No, I totally know the feeling that you're talking about, because I remember when I was younger, my mom, who's a black woman, would always tell me, oh, you have such good hair, right? right? And it brings up that question of, like, who has good hair? And also, talking about this even makes me feel uncomfortable, because... Mm -hmm. I've been taught that because I'm lighter skin and because I have this texture of hair that it is deemed more beautiful in America or in the West or whatever. And like, I don't know how to talk about those things without like making sure I'm giving enough space to the people who feel like their hair isn't as beautiful or more beautiful than mine. Because at the end of the day, lately, I haven't been taking care of this shit for being real. So, But that, you know what? I hope y'all really heard that and if you didn't rewind because i'm gonna draw a huge example off of what you just said as mixed people for sure 100 percent with you and i forget about everybody else we're so self-aware of the space we're taking up as mixed people because we're constantly in a place where we don't feel like we have a space mm-hmm. so this is something that i feel like white people really don't have and as mixed people we notice this so fast because we are in a sense white people because we have privilege or if not white people we have the language of the whites we have the language of the, and we have privilege yes. based off of you know the taking some of that melanin away that when people who do have tighter curls than us people who do have darker skin than us we don't want to take up their space and we know that so quickly yeah right like for for sure you and I so it's like when when women are like I wish my hair like you have good hair we're like fuck although I will say I don't get that shit nearly as much anymore which I think is good me too yeah because now I feel like women with tighter textures they're like I'm rocking my shit and I'm like yes girl yes yes." or rock your weave or rock whatever the fuck you have because who cares and also melanin is popping so as long as you you glowing it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter it does not matter and as long as you're taking care of your hair like that shit looks good it looks good you know even you know shout out to the white girls with the curly hair too because i can't even lie i've always felt at least some somewhat of a connection even with like a, a white girl who has curly hair i'm like oh, okay you kind of you kind of feel it really because i kind of resent them a little bit to be you honest know that they can't help their, their hair texture girl because mm, this runs deep those white girls with the curly hair got the the best hair in the yearbook that's true and all those things where it was like their curls were beautiful well and I mine were like mm, you should tame those I feel like I didn't really experience that with a lot of... I mean, it definitely depends on the girl, right? Because mm-hmm. like some girls, they just knew what to do with their hair. For me, it took me a while to figure out what to do with my me hair. Too, yeah. <laughs> um, but there were definitely white girls who did not know what to do with curly hair. Okay. That I was like, girl, I feel you. I see that. I don't know what to do with this shit either. I see that. You know? And also, I feel like people with curly hair are always represented in some type of way where it's like... You know, she's free-spirited, and she's like, yeah. she's a, you know, you can't tame her. She's Carrie Bradshaw, like, you can't, <laughs> you can't tame her. Yeah. You can't. I feel like whenever I wear my hair down, like, fresh from the shower, big as can be, it is a, like, radical form of political warfare. Like, you, as a society don't want my hair to be this big i feel like my shit's not that radical i feel like if i had like 4c hair it would feel more radical because honestly i feel like my hair is commodified people buy this shit as a wig you know people <clears throat> will try and make their hair look like this so it doesn't feel radical to me to like do a wash and go because also i've been wearing my hair like this for so long and i feel like i've gotten um such positive reactions from white people where i don't feel like i'm taking up the space that makes them uncomfortable whereas if i was being radical if i was doing like the angela davis you know if i was up in their space if i was blocking their view with my hair in my classes then i would feel more like black power like black panther type you know but i just i don't know i don't feel that maybe because you're around the 
white the right white people i've definitely had people literally in a movie theater literally in a class literally be like i cannot see over your hair i've had that too but you know i don't know it just never felt radical to me but i i do see where you're i think the radicalness is in not caring is for me is being like whatever sorry like <laughs> like literally i'm still going to wear my hair the way it was created on my head yes. unlike for my entire like 20 years of life before mm-hmm. this where I was like make my curls smaller so that the people behind me don't have to tap on my shoulder and tell me that they can't see behind my head and mm-hmm. to move in front of me or whatever it was and now like the radicalness is of me being like unapologetically wearing my hair the way it was actually made to be right you know which I feel like is maybe unique for you because uh, like everybody else that I know who is a woman of color who has curly hair is like Fuck, it takes a lot of courage to literally walk outside of the house the way your hair was made. That is true. And I do know a lot of other like mixed women who have that same experience yeah. or who are still like straightening their hair mostly yeah. like out of obligation. Yeah. Not even really for themselves. And you can tell when a girl is straightening her hair out of obligation mm-hmm. because she has split ends. Yeah. She's you know, got those split ends. She might have dyed her hair blonde. She might have dyed that blonde. She, uh, she might have relaxed it. Oh, we all did. All of her hair might have fallen out. <laughs> yep, at one point. Her name might have been Yasmin. Kaya. <laughs> <laughs> I could name like seven other mixed people I'm thinking of. Literally. Yeah. I want to go back to what you said, though, about um, like the privilege. Yeah. Because, well, to me... Because I would consider myself like a, a dark skin, light skin. Okay. <laughs> like, because I'm light skin, but I'm not the lightest of skinned. So I don't really feel like I have white privilege in my identity. I, okay, wait. Let me, can I? Yes, go. I think there is a difference between white privilege and a difference between privilege from a white person, which I think is what we have. I don't think we have white privilege. Okay. I think we have privilege from white people. Which is very different. I have privilege from white people in being that I have a white family who, because they were white, have white privilege. So, so you, based off of like, that foundation. Okay. You know. Like, like your access to white people. No, not, not access to, but like, um, hmm. like even, even the way, like right, like being raised with white people you just you have this certain air about like you know but yeah people know that cocky white person like the fact that you are like you learn the cultural norms right the cultural norms yeah and even like the wealth Mm -hmm. you know like um having like i have a stepdad who has that you know the typical white wealth that we all think about generational wealth right yeah generational like your family probably owns a home and like you know can support you in other ways yeah which my backside does not have Mm -hmm. you know like things that where it's like because of that I've got this privilege even though people think that I'm black and I get that, you know, I get the racism from that and the anti-blackness from that. Do people think you're black? Oh, people have, I've never ever been once called white, ever. Well, no, I know people don't think you're white because you don't look white, but do people guess that you're black? Oh, good. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. Because that's the other weird thing about being mixed is like, you, you feel black, right? You identify with blackness, but that doesn't mean that the world always sees us as black. No. No, I think most people think I'm Latina. I've gotten everything under the everything sun. under the frickin' Hawaiian, Indian, yeah, Native, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, but I've gotten Indian too. Colombian, Dominican. Did you yeah. say that? Nope, Dominican, Brazilian, yeah. All of South Puerto America, Rican. pretty much any country. Pretty much, there. yeah. <laughs> All of South those. America, yep. Um, and I think for me, the reason people think that about me is my hair. Mm. Um. And maybe my features. And the skin, t- like yeah, obviously skin tone. The skin too. tone. Um, and like maybe my features, because I don't think I have the most like prominent black features. Like if you really inspect, you can tell they're there, but like they're mixed with my white yeah. features. Yeah. You know, like I'm a perfect blend of like a yeah. black and white nose, a black and white mouth. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, I want to go back to the what you were talking about with privilege. Yes. Go. Go. No, no, you go. I oh. want to go. I, I spoke. I want you to speak. Oh, I just wanted to basically say what what we were saying was that, yeah. like, I don't think that we have white privilege. Yeah. Oh, so I, okay. That we have, um, like, obviously there's colorism, but I feel like a lot of colorism that we experience is actually more so rooted within the black community, right? Like, any colorism that I have personally experienced has been mostly in a space of black people. So it's like I've been valued more than people who are darker than me in a black space, not necessarily a white person being like, Oh, she's more palatable because she's a peanut butter color. 
you know that's a definition of colorism do you want to talk about that yeah what because because what is colorism like I, I think that's it's key yeah it's one of the isms so, so obviously you think one group is better than another group mm-hmm. um colorism is deeply rooted in jim crow slavery um and it goes back to the paper bag test right where like historically families would put a paper bag up to their face and if you were lighter than the paper bag you were deemed beautiful smarter um just like overall more enjoyable you might be like a a house slave as opposed to a field slave if your skin tone met a certain expectation you know whereas if you were darker than that then those are when more of like the racial stereotypes would come in you would be like i don't know rowdy or rebellious stupid you know a threat a threat essentially yes violent um and that's you know the the stereotypical image that you think of when you think of like the n-word hard r mm-hmm. is a dark-skinned man i would yeah. say yeah it was coined by alice walker in her essays in search of her mother's gardens which if you like decide to read it it's you can basically find the pdf online i mean y'all wow. should be paying <laughs> pay black women <laughs> But it's really interesting because she basically just, like, talks about it, um, you know, not necessarily coining, like, the term, but really talking about how in a certain racial group we, like, idealize a lighter skin. Yeah, so true. And that's not specific to the United States. No. It happens in the East. It happens in Africa to this day. It happens over the world. Literally. The whole globe. Even probably Antarctica. They're probably like, oh, that penguin, <laughs> that penguin is lighter than the other penguins. <laughs> so they just might be. I we don't. Be, know. I wouldn't put it past them. We don't know. <laughs> Should we talk about the thing that gets me so heated? Yes. What is it? White women dating black women. Oh. <laughs> that gets me very. Hot, 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 hot. It's boiling, sizzles. <laughs> okay, can we? Okay. <laughs> Why does it get you hot? Okay. Mm-hmm. Some wise, very wise black women have told me it is because I have mama issues. Because I have a white mom. So I don't know if my issue with white, men, white women dating black men is because I have a white mom. And so I see, I like predict the future. And I panic for the future mixed child that I don't want that white woman to date that black man. Or I think it's a combination of that and a combination of I know that that white woman, the likelihood of her being so far in her anti-racism journey is so low that I think, "Mm, I don't think you should be doing what you're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, I guess for me, a lot of it is just rooted in just pure history, straight to the point, historical facts. So we know that um, white women and black men, they have been a forbidden love in this country forever. And you know what happens with forbidden loves? They fucking happen anyways. Yep. And I get that. You know, there's obviously appeal, but there have been so many instances in... I want to make this very specific because I I could catch fire if I say this crazy, Kaya. Okay, be careful. There have been many times, actually, in history where white women have lied on a black man's name saying that he raped her. And, oh. And it is the, as a black woman, right, it is the hardest thing to reconcile and it is the hardest thing to deal with. So it makes me just think, like, hey, black men, white women, just, like, maybe... Think about this. Think about this. I'm all for love, right? I totally, totally support love. And if you really love a white woman and you really love a black man or whatever, I'm not saying don't be in this relationship because of my my personal fears. Obviously, people are going to do what they want. But there is like historical reality to the fact that black men are not always safe when they are with white women. Mm. They're exposed to mm. violence. Mm. And, and it's a quiet violence. Mm. That's what it is for me. Too. It's not necessarily in court like prosecuting against you know um black men's violence that doesn't exist which we know has happened throughout history of course and we're not trying to say that oj didn't do it oj did it (laughs) that's good that should be an episode (laughs) i'm not sure i agree with you if the glove don't fit you must have quit right that exactly (laughs) no girl Um, leather shrinks in water but okay no no we okay Mm. Mm -hmm. uh i 
like just with my experience and the the relationships I've had with white men where I feel like it also kind of applies uh with white women and black men is that they don't know what they don't know and so I my empathy goes out to those black men because I just know that somewhere if it's every day if it's once a month that girl's gonna slip up and she's gonna say something hurtful and she's gonna hurt you or she's gonna hurt somebody you love and it's gonna be she's gonna hurt your child yeah and you don't know what it is yet, but it's going to come And she up. doesn't know either. And she doesn't know. It's like... She doesn't even know when she's doing it. You can try to break it down for yes. her. Yes. You're all just tumbling and spiraling. And I feel like at the end of the day, who's going to get hurt? You are. Mm-hmm. Black man. Mm-hmm. You're going to get hurt. Because we, we know white women bounce. Bounce. They bounce. Can we also talk about just like the pure fetishization of black men? Ugh, I'm so sick of it. Yes. Okay. I know y'all saw Get Out. Don't act like you yeah. didn't, okay? Yes. And do you remember at the very end when she was trying to figure out who her next victim was going to be? Mm-hmm. Who was she looking at? She was looking at NBA players, mm. football players. Mm. And it's like the idea of having this like sexy, strong black man that I mm-hmm. can like use, you know? And like that that's real. That's a reality. And don't get me wrong. There are plenty of black women who do the exact same thing yep. to black men, especially us mixed women. Yep. We do the exact same thing. Yeah. But I will say it feels different if you don't got a drop of black in you. Yeah, if you exactly. Because at the end of the day, what I was saying before is white women bounce back is literally they can oop, hop on the next train. Oop, I never did that. Oop. They can just literally say, oh, he did this, and everybody instantly believes you, and you can literally deny, 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 and and not have to, you can just leave. Yeah. You can literally leave at any point. And here's, like, my, my last big thing that I've been working so hard on, like, trying to articulate to myself, because, you know, sometimes when you feel really strongly about something, that's all it is, is yeah. a feeling, like, yeah. deep in your belly. Gut. Yes. But I think I figured, I think I figured it out. White women are so protected by society. They're so protected. Right? Like, when a white girl cries, everybody stops what they're doing, and they go... The world stops. The world stops. Um, When black women cry, people are kind of, like, afraid. Ain't nobody listening, first of all. Right. And we we also can't cry. Like, they're just... That's the thing. We're just not allowed to. We're always supposed to be, like, the angry black woman. Yeah. You know? And we we got reasons to be mad, you know? Um, But I guess my point is, is, like, in heteronormative relationships the man is supposed to be the protector of the woman right and mm-hmm. and that is something that i as a woman desire from a man like some form of protection and if a, when i see a black man choosing to protect a white woman over choosing to protect a black woman a woman who is literally exposed to so much violence and hate and bullshit on a day-to-day basis he chooses to protect the one woman who is like put on a pedestal in this world and I also realize like maybe deep down psychologically he's doing it as a as a form of like self-preservation as protection because when he has that light-skinned baby that baby might have an easier life than he did but it just what about the black women who end up alone like if you Mm -hmm. ever notice this might just be true in Minneapolis when I see black men I see them so frequently with white women yep or with other black men um and when I see black women I usually see them with other black women or alone yep and to me, that's just the saddest shit ever, mm-hmm. you know? Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, they literally don't want us to have families. Like, our family institution has been broken down for hundreds of years. And when I see that, it just it just is a reminder. Like, our, our family institution is being broken down. Yeah. I, I want to keep... Let's finish this up, and then I'll remind me to go back to what you said before. Um, but I think it's that. I think it's the fact for me is looking, when I see a white woman and a black man, all I think of is that poor man, which is really sad. I don't be thinking that. Ugh. Because I just. Because I know he ain't no poor man. Because Ugh. I know white girls out here who are buying these black men cars. I don't know if we can air this shit. <laughs> but they literally will do so much for him and he won't have to work for it. Because that's another thing I hear from black men is they're like, oh, we're with white girls because they're easier. But isn't that sad though? Oh, it's terrible. But that it's doesn't so mean sad. poor black man. That means do better black man. But with, you know, wait, hold on. Let me, because sometimes I be getting so heated. <laughs> calm it down. Calm it down. I, I love black men. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I love black men and because no, no shit. Like I know black women are on you guys so much and I'm, I'm sorry. We just are. right now be better. Well, no, like I just, 
I, I do really think about this. Like, I really am on so many black men's butts about, like, this and, like, are you being safe and, like, yeah. all of this stuff. What's and, your plan? Right. And all of it is because I want to protect them. Where are you at? Right? Like, I want to make sure that my black men are good. When you coming home. Right? And that's where all of this comes from. It comes from love, but, like, I don't know. Which is the burden that we carry all the time. So that's the thing. It's, like, at some point, especially in 2019, it's, like, Okay, and especially with gender roles and the way that we're kind of like slowly breaking down the patriarchy, especially like in relation to blackness, is like you are consciously choosing at this point in 2019 to be with a white woman. Let's think about why. Doesn't that make me a little bit sad that maybe you're with her because you feel like still she's got more power over you just because of whiteness when really we need to realize that whiteness is nothing like it's nothing. My inner black man just came out. Mm. And can I respond to you yes. as an inner black man? Give it to me. Yo, Kaya. <laughs> nah, 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 fam. That's not what I'm here for. Oh, my God. Literally had this conversation. Okay, keep going. Had the other day. I'm with her because she's bad. I, yeah, I love her. I love her so much, bro. Mm. She does. She be cooking for me. Would you cook for me, Kaya? No. <laughs> she gets me. Wait, stop. You wouldn't cook for your man? The thing is, is my man is a way better cook than I am. So he cooks for me. Well, you know... And okay, hold up. Let's just switch this here because while we're talking shit about yes. interracial relationships, Kaya, <laughs> I am in Kaya, one. Wh- what what color is your man? Not white. Though. I know, and <laughs> I didn't mean to come for y'all. <laughs> but I did want to um, just put in this caveat that like we're really just strictly talking about we're black, strictly white talking about white women because we haven't even talked about black women dating white men right because that's my my life that's my that's what my your parents life were. That's they're not together creation. now but yes right. that was that was, the, my parents were in yeah. an interracial relationship but. right because for me like i have this weird feeling of, of white women dating black men because i like literally feel it in my gut that that's me like oh my god i i feel that woman's eggs and i'm like oh no oh. yeah like oh no that that you poor soon-to-be biracial egg yeah wow you're on another level bro you be meditating i do i do yeah Uh, yeah. i think we especially black people like when i'm saying black people black women know this black men like need to start taking validation in the trauma that black women have of not being chosen like i feel like for the longest time we're just like no we should keep that inside and that's not a valid reason to not want white women today black men but it's so valid and also and I don't mean to do this to like victim blame us as black women, right. but also maybe turning it on its head and being like, are there things that we're doing that is like harmful to black men where we're pushing them away? Because I definitely think that is true mm-hmm. because black men say it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think they necessarily say it in the nicest way. I don't know, man. It's it's tough, right? Like that is a battle. And I know that, well, because I, I overhear women with darker complexion saying that they hate when they see a light-skinned girl get choosed over them. Yep. So it's like, I, I'm i in this weird in-between spot yep. where I'm like, I want to be chosen. Yep. But everyone needs a partner in life. Because we have not even talked about light-skinned fetish. We haven't even talked about Bro, it. Bro, you know, why aren't all of our episodes about this? I know. Damn. <laughs> We're really messing up. Yeah. Ugh. To be honest, that was like, throughout college, something that I really, really struggled with, which sounds stupid. To even struggle about it? Well, no, it's real because you don't know if people like you for you for or you. for your your complexion. Yeah, and you on top of that, you got green eyes. Girl. I got green on top of it. I oh. one time me and Kyle we were out one night, and I remember this guy. He was like, he like kind of came up and like was talking to both of us, but he was like, your eyes are just so dope. I think it was a white guy too. Yeah, and he was like really feeling you because of your eyes, and like I could tell that that sickened you to it your core. Makes me You're like so uncomfortable. Thanks, but no thanks. Because literally. I, I've gotten to the point where I despise that compliment. I literally hate it. I would rather have somebody. It's not a compliment. It's not. Because it's like, the only reason you're saying that is because you are reinforcing to me what I've already assumed is that you like white people better. Right. And also, like, not to say that, like, green eyes aren't pretty. Like, you have beautiful eyes, Kaya. And like, And it was was the way he did it. It wasn't what he did. It was the way that he did it. Because, like, there's a way of complimenting someone's eyes. Like, oh, you have really pretty eyes. But, like... You could tell this guy approached because he had some jungle fever. Yep. Like, you're black, but not too black because you got green eyes, and I like that. Yes, I'm saying that, bro. The same thing happened to me the other night. Mm. It was like a guy approached my friend, another black woman, Mm -hmm. and was like, oh, you know, we just wanted to let you and your friends know that we're into black women, so what's up? 
It's like, not much, bro. <laughs> not your ass. About to go home. Like, I literally was like, you'd realize that that's not a compliment. It's not. Uh-uh. Like, we're not a trophy. Mm-mm. We're not, um, like, a brand that you yeah. can just choose and try on yeah. and then get rid of. No, baby. That's not what we are. That feeds into, like, when people... Uh, they try so hard to be so nice. That, like... Right? Like, white women, I feel like, try so hard to be so nice that they think a compliment is, I want my babies to look like you. I hope... I've literally had a white woman say, I have a baby with a black man. I hope his eyes turn out green like yours. Right? It's like, you're not going shopping for your favorite pair of shoes. This is a living, breathing human you're bringing into this world. You're not playing Sims where you can design the ideal person that you want. Your baby's going to come out and I hope it comes out chocolate as fuck. Black as, yep. Mm -hmm. Negro nose, natural. Yeah, literally. And that's not a compliment. I think people think that's a compliment. Right. It's like, oh, we accept your kind. Like you're you're a cute version of black. We like you. We want ours to look like you. Literally. Oh my God. Another thing someone said, but I will say he was on some other stuff because I used to work at the Eden Prairie Mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and you remember Drake and Josh? There was Crazy Steve. I actually loved that show. Yeah, so you remember Crazy Steve from yeah. the movie theater? So he worked at the mall with me in real life. What? Not the actor, the character. He, oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> Basically like the exact same person. Like he would do some crazy stuff. He even got arrested one day at work. Wow. <laughs> but he came up to me and he was like, you know... You're not like all the other black people. You're like a like a Bill Cosby black, which I don't think the Cosby thing had happened yet. Right. Um, okay. Okay. Which, Good context. You know, it's an added layer. Good context. But, um, I was like, you know, bro, um, that's not a compliment. Like mm-hmm. that was kind of racist. And then he was like, oh no, no no I'm not racist. Like if I could choose my best friend to be Will Smith, I'm like, bro, you're not. You're not. That helping. didn't help. Why Will? Yeah, that didn't help. Mm. That's okay. This continues to go on to the mixed thing. Is like. When people think that they can say things, certain things, because we are, you know, lighter. So people will be like, oh, but you're not. You're oh, not but you're not. black. Yeah, you're not. But you're not. That's not you, though. It's like, you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know me at all. And you don't know half of my family. You just pissed all over. I think what's so interesting about you and I, Kaya, is, like, we have had almost, like, opposite yeah. mixed experiences. Yeah. So, like, your mom is white and mm-hmm. your dad is black, but you grew up with your white family. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, my mom is black and my dad is white, but I grew up mostly with black family yeah. and, like, black friends and stuff. Um, so, I always struggled, like, trying to be too black. Like, I was, like, over-blackening myself, uh. you know? Um, I wouldn't really mind if I was out in the sun too long kind of stuff. Whereas, I feel like in your experience, maybe you wanted to be like, fit in with the white kids more. I think... mm, Which I definitely did face still trying to fit in with the white kids. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. No, I think what it came down to for me was that... Because you also have to think about... I was the only black woman in my school. So I knew there was no... I was not going to be white. That's true, but didn't you I was never going to be Kendall. You told people in a previous episode... That I was a quarter black. Yeah. Yes. But that wasn't me trying to be white. That was me trying to be less black, if that makes sense. It does. You know, like it was me being like, I know that, you know, my hair is always going to be curly, but I'm going to relax it. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that my butt's always going to be the biggest one in the school, but I'm just going to hope that nobody brings it up while I'm playing volleyball, which of course they did in my spandex. But like, I, I always knew I'll never be white. And so what it was, was for me, was like, casting out everybody else around me which I think was also different it was me being like I know I'm not going to be like you so therefore I'm everybody from my hometown is literally going to say I told you so but for me it was literally throughout my whole life being like I'm better than all of you Mm. I knew it because it was like I've had much different life experiences I look different in a way that I thought was better you know like I thought oh because I have a bigger booty you know, that makes me better. Oh, because I have these green eyes that apparently are so cool. That makes me better. You know, for my whole life, people telling me that I was so beautiful and all these things made me better than everybody. Yeah. Wow. Mm Because I feel like I faced a different thing when I was like at school. Because when I was at school, I was surrounded by so many white people that I did feel myself trying to be 
whiter so I could fit in with you know like the white kids because they were the ones that were like having so much fun laughing at the Mm. lunch table I like literally drew out a map of what my high school lunch room used to look like and it was separated not by race but by class by like social class which Mm. is so interesting the rich kids always sat closest to the food that's so interesting they always got their lunch first and I wanted to sit over there with the rich kids I wanted my lunch first I think I yep you know what that's what it was more for me was was trying to conform to the wealth yeah I think also like conf- not not only wealth but what went along with that was family structure mm-hmm. so being like like people for the longest time thought I was adopted you know because they nobody nobody's ever met my black side you know right. like I I've stopped like seeing my dad when I was 13 so like for the longest time it was like people just assumed I was adopted or the foreign exchange student or whatever it was. And so I just wanted people to think that my family was a normal family and that we were, we had money and that I could have, you know, the Hollister shirts Mm -hmm. and like all those things. And that was part of me maybe being white. I don't know. Cause there was no other blackness around because people thought I was ghetto. Oh yeah. People thought, listen, people thought I was ghetto. These people. Or I tricked them real good. That is actually really funny, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it was that. Like, oh, I have money to relax my hair. I have money to wear, like, wear Uggs. Like, those things that are, like, quote-unquote white. But for me, well, it was yeah, more of, like, a I wealth mean, thing. Race and class are never really separated, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. It is so interesting. Thanks I didn't for think about. That. Well, I didn't think about that until you mentioned it, so... Yeah, thanks. But it is interesting because, like, I think that's why we have different perspectives because I think there's, like, a different experience when you, like, are from a white woman versus a black woman. Just, like, being this... Because we've talked about this, like, being the same gender, you know? Yeah, because I, like, I can see myself in my mom, right? Like, I will grow up and I will be my mom. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, that's... Which most of us do, you know? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know, having a black mom is in itself its own experience, especially having, like, um, a single black mom, Mm -hmm. um, which, like, obviously we went through, like, a a lot of hard times, but I learned how to be really independent. I learned how to, like, you know, fight for what I need and how to, um, you know, deal with less sometimes. Not always, because I did still have the cushion of having, like, a white dad who was very much involved in my life and, you know, he was never late on that child support, (laughs) you know, so... Um, I had that cushion, but I was also exposed to, like, my neighborhood was predominantly black when I was um, a teen all through high school. So I definitely had, like, a very, um, I don't know, like, diverse living experience, you know? Because, like, when I lived with my mom, we lived in subsidized housing. But when I lived with my dad, like, he had, like, it was just him in this house with all these bedrooms and, like, so much space for me to play in the yard and stuff. But I never really felt like I deserved that. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I deserved more than where mm-hmm. I was at my mom's, mm-hmm. you know, because I would like look at my neighbors and like they were wearing hand-me-downs or like ripped clothes and, you know, joking about being poor and EBT and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I always knew that I was safe, low-key. Mm. No, I get that because mm-hmm. for me, it was the opposite. Though, right. You know? Yeah. But I think it's like, for me, it's been interesting because it's like having a white mom coming out of a white vagina I said vagina, yeah. Um, it's been hard, like it's been really difficult because it's like I don't, like I can't physically see myself. Just know I just have this belief that I came from this person, this human being, and like she gave me everything. And despite like my mom was, you know, also doing like college, graduating college with a child, like all these like doing all these amazing things. It's, like, super inspiring, yet at the same time, there's this level of, like, we cannot relate. I can't relate to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, been really, really hard because it's, like, how do I still love you in the way that I do love you as a mom, but also recognizing that, like, and I want, when wanting her to recognize that we, we can't relate. We're, yeah. we're different people, but we have this, like, shared love, mm-hmm. you know, which I think has been really, like, for me listening to you and like the relationship you have with your mom where you can like literally see yourself and your mom has been so like wow I just think that that like I was talking to somebody the other day about hair who's also mixed who also has a white mom and just how like we growing up did not know how to do our hair Mm -hmm. and 
there was no like Ooh, my edges were snatched yeah i i, I don't know lips. how to do my edges literally i had my first ever hairstylist of color in may oh i've never had a black hairstylist though uh, you, you need to get you one no uh-uh oh i'm just gonna do it myself. i love my yeah you because you you are comfortable enough with your hair like literally no i'd be messing it up but <laughs> but for real though you are com- like you have the ability to even want to touch your hair that i think some of us who have white moms who like there's this weird resentment to your hair because you see your mom's hair and it will never look like that mm. you know and she has no freaking clue yeah how to do your hair and so for you feel like she doesn't even want to touch your hair you don't even want to touch your hair yeah. you know it's like this whole it's so it's so deep i think with like hair trauma it's so deep with like skin trauma it's like all these things where it's just like i will never ever be that and that's the only person who's a woman who i came out of who i feel like i should relate to and i cannot yeah which no, is hard i totally feel that when i like talk to my dad about these things because yeah. like not only is he white but he's also a man he also has you know more wealth than i grew up around so it's like all of these clashing identities in a time where like identity is at the top of conversation and it's like well this is where i came from so this is my lived experience kind of right. kind of energy you know so sometimes it's really hard to like talk to my dad about stuff like um just like the way that white people be looking at you sometimes, you know, mm, you know what yeah. I mean. It's just like, like stuff, in the grocery store, right? And it's back to like having that feeling, but not being able to prescribe words to that feeling. Yes. And if you've never experienced it, it takes so much effort and energy and time to try and break it down for someone mm-hmm. who never will experience it or right. come close to experiencing it. So what's the point? It. Yeah, it does feel that way. It does feel like what yeah. is the point? What's the point? Like, obviously, I love my dad, right. and we share like a lot of really awesome experiences. Yeah, and we bond over a lot, and yeah. I see a lot of myself and my dad too. Right. like mentally, mentally, right? Not physically, yes. not the way that I move through the world, but you know, yeah. I've learned a lot of like values from my dad. Yeah, um, but it is hard to connect with him on, you know, just like day to day experiences. You know, the small stuff. Yeah, even for me, I've learned that like because of my blackness, I've learned certain things. Like, how to be assertive. Mm-hmm. How to, you know, like, because of my blackness, I want to live unapologetically. So when people say certain things, I say what I'm thinking. And what I've learned with the white people in my life is they are so not used to that. They're not. They're so terrified of it that it's really frustrating. <laughs> Which is hard in, a, like, an apparent. Because yeah. you're like, why can't you? Ah. Just be direct. Tell me what's up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or why didn't you, you know... Tell that person off. Right. And, they Ooh, can't and when I was it. little, I wanted anything but for my mom to tell people off. I remember so many fast food restaurants <laughs> where they didn't get the, the food didn't look like the picture or, oh, yeah. you know, just stuff like that. And I'd be like, mom, you're embarrassing me because I didn't want to have. You didn't want it. Like the black ghetto mom. Yeah, the angry black Eden woman. Prairie mall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But honestly, I'm so grateful for those moments, to be honest. Like, I'm so grateful for, for everything that my mom has done for me and like everything, all of the experiences I've gone through with my parents because it has made me honestly bilingual in, in America. Yes. Like I can move through spaces and yep. even if I'm not necessarily like welcomed in those spaces, mm-hmm. I have a great grasp of what's going on. What does this body language mean? I yep. totally feel um, what's going on in white people's heads and what's going on in black people's heads. So it, it is a really, it's it's a cool experience being biracial, yeah. but it's definitely a challenge. We're so adaptable. We have to be, bro. And I think it's At because family reunion. We have to. We it's a survival mechanism that we're so socially aware of interactions. Yeah, which I think not a lot of people are, which is so interesting. Of not, I don't want to say our breed. It's so interesting of our breed. We dehumanize ourselves. Yeah, yeah. but like, but because we're constantly trying to watch how we can fit into all these things that we're watching, how people are interacting. So we're like, ooh ah, ooh ah, and then other people were like, oh, you clearly didn't see how they were reacting you know like yeah you, just, you didn't pick up on you that. didn't pick up yeah oh my god can i talk about my mixed friend for one moment he mm. is the best bilingual mm. <laughs> i guess i'll just keep using that term um there was a time that he had gotten pulled over right and i don't mean to put him on blast out like this but i'm gonna put him on blast i won't say his name but he he had a warrant out because he didn't pay like some parking t- tickets it was something really really stupid and right. trivial um and he had some stuff in his car that he wasn't supposed to have mm-hmm. the cop when he pulled him over he, <laughs> my friend turned on his white people voice and it's like hey uh, officer how are you doing and you know like it's clear that he Sir? yeah he, it's clear that he's black but you know 
my friend was just so like kind of easygoing with it and like not, he didn't show his fear of the police yeah. and he kind of just like switched he did get arrested but he the cop let him keep all the stuff that was in his car wow and he was only arrested because there was a warrant out for him but like he had a really like a, a pleasant jail experience i guess is how i <laughs> i would describe it for him but like so it's like the literal definition of this duality of being black still going to jail mm-hmm. but also like the whiteness that he learned to prevent him from being like brutalized or dehumanized in the same way that maybe someone who's full black or someone who doesn't have the like white social capital yeah would get treated by police being the angry black woman yet also being really loved by my coworkers. right it's an interesting rope to have him on just right being able to talk about plato but also angela davis yeah (laughs) like it's it is really it's crazy but also like i feel like we should be encouraging black people, especially, to be dual yeah. in in whiteness, right? Because you kind of have to be in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's harder because black people are still segregated, yeah. you know, from white communities. I don't think that that's changing. I don't foresee it really changing. Um, but I do think that if black people know the tools and the language of whiteness, it's only beneficial to them because you're not going to lose your blackness by learning more whiteness yeah you're always going to have that that's in your soul it's in your dna exactly but like for interviews exactly oh happy saying really big words like like i don't know even know what i said the other day an amalgamation of my character yeah (laughs) like what (laughs) yeah but no that's so true code switching code you know like really literally it's so funny like especially when you're in a situation where you do it like back to back has that ever happened to you yeah girl i'd be doing that it's really hard for me when i'm in a space with both white and black yeah, people it's, it's exhausting <laughs> right because i'll look over to my right and be like yeah <laughs> and then i'll look to my left like proper hi quite posh how are you doing <laughs> so nice to meet you yeah yeah i'm pretty good at it mm-hmm. so much so that i've almost got a minnesota accent like I could almost, if I really oh, wanted, I can do a Minnesota accent. Oh yeah, that's not, oh yeah, that's How not you a doing? problem for me. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you're gonna go pick up Timmy after the soccer game. Oh yeah, <laughs> soccer game. <laughs> you know we're going to the Mall of America this weekend. Get your stuff packed. We're staying at the Radisson Blue. Why do they say America that way? You said they the, like that's not your cousin. <laughs> Like, that's not your auntie, girl. Hey, my whole family's not from Minnesota, so... I didn't mean to put you on blast, because I know some... You know, like, when you're talking, and sometimes that Minnesota O just oh, pops out. My boat. Oh. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Funny. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Which, yeah, because you're like, I'm walking around. I'm pointing to my arm. She's I'm literally like, looking at her complexion right I'm now. I'm walking around with my skin. Black people can have Minnesotan accents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I listened to this girl. She lives in New York, but she's from Minnesota, mm-hmm. and on her podcast i i peep that minnesotan black accent it's crazy wow oh this is what i want to go back to is um we identify as black yeah i think we should talk about that yeah well i mean for me it it was like a conscious choice not to claim whiteness because whiteness isn't real you know like it's something that's been created to exclude black people essentially so i know that i'm black because and honestly, like my language around that might change as I get older and I get more comfortable with my identity and more comfortable with just like myself as Yasmin. But I I feel like rejecting whiteness is really key in in surviving my blackness and like surviving in my black body because if I try to hold on to something that has never been mine, unobtainable. It's unobtainable, and I will I will constantly be disappointed when yep. I don't have access to white privilege. That was my childhood. Was being like. I'm not white, but everybody around me is white. So should I be sad that that I'm not that? Well, I think when I was younger, I claimed my whiteness. Mm. I tr- I tried to. Um, tried. <laughs> right, because like, like you said earlier, no one has ever came up to me and been like, hey, are you white? Right. Or maybe they've been like, hey, do you have white in you? Um, like, you know, but no one has ever just been like, what? You're not white? Yeah. Like, that's never been a question. Yeah, literally ever. Yeah. So I think... Um, for me too, it was also like, I need to be okay with the fact that people do not think I'm not white, you know? Yep. And like really claim it, really claim it. And I can be mixed, I can be biracial, but on top of that, no matter what, I'm a black woman. 
you know, like I've heard a lot of people say like I'm black biracial, which is totally fine. But then I feel like then the context is that white is normal. So I don't really like saying that. Right. Unless you're biracial with something else. But the context of it is like I'm black biracial being the other thing is white. Right. You know, like, I don't know. How would you say that if you weren't white as the other thing? You'd have to say your whole, you'd have to say all of your identities. Right. Yeah. I mean, I knew um, one girl growing up, she always claimed Blasian because she's black and Asian. Mm. I think there's even a song called Blasian out. <laughs> it is a word now. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's interesting that not a lot of other black people do. Black skin. Yeah. <laughs> Just black and white. I also knew some Asian people too. <laughs> white, white and Asian. Asian. I was like, what? Yeah. Asian. We loved putting those words together, didn't we? Yeah. Maybe that was just your school. <laughs> Honestly, there were a lot of mixed people where I grew up. Wow. Lots of different kinds of mixed, too. Like, I I knew people who were mixed with, like, Native and Latinx. And like, wow. Yeah. Like, different kinds of biracial identities, which I think is also important to bring up, right? Because mm-hmm. being mixed does not mean just being black and white. doesn't mean... Yep. You know, you don't even have to be black to be mixed. We're literally just talking. This episode is solely based off of our experience, which is being black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which are like the polar opposites. The polar, And I feel like also it's important to note that when we talk about multiple, I, like multiple racial identities, a lot of times people only think of black and white. So I think there's a lot of like almost trauma with other mixed people because they feel like the the people that narrate the story for mixed people is black and white people. Yeah. So us really doing true. this right now is kind of already taking away space from other mixed people who aren't just black and white or who aren't black and white. And also what we didn't even cover, like the fact that being mixed used to be a crime. Like yep. people literally got arrested just for existing as mixed people. Mm-hmm. Something that we had absolutely no choice in because believe me, baby, if it was our choice, I probably would have just been like, just sign me up for Dominican. That sounds easier. <laughs> literally, I, I used to lie like straight through high school to like freshman year I college. I would lie sometimes would lie. too. Yeah. I wouldn't lie to people I knew I'd see again. Right. Yeah. No, just people like at but the But just bar. for the sake of simplicity. Yeah. Like, oh, you're Dominican? I'm like, yeah. See. See, papi. <laughs> Dame yeah. la cerveza. <laughs> yeah. I, um, shoot, what was I going to say? Oh, like just that, um, us being mixed is not necessarily the entire story. So, um, it's definitely not because also we're from Minnesota. Yeah. We're from the Burbs. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of people who have this. The story, like there's so many mixed people in the Twin Cities. It's like Uh, unreal. Yeah. But I imagine that my experiences, if I were to grow up in the rural South, would have been drastically different. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Because for both of us, it was a conscious decision to to identify as black women full heartedly. Yeah. Unapologetically. Unapologetically. Yeah. And that's not to, you know, deny that we have different experiences because of our access and our like lives growing up yeah. with white people and our access to social and what and so social and normal capital yep. right like all of that is real but as for claiming whiteness it just feels too colonized well yeah especially when it's like you've never been part of it right so it feels like almost more conscience like i would have to really be like i Like, it even feels like it comes, I can't even, it won't even come off the throat. And also what's so interesting is, like, when I explain this to black people, black people totally get it, right? Like, they're like, oh, I get why you don't claim whiteness. But when you explain it to white people, they're like, but, but like, but like, you're kind of in the club. You're you're not, but you're not. I thought that you were like a partial membership. You don't want to be, you don't, uh, what? Part-time? What? Yeah. They're offended. Yeah. And even talking about this with other mixed people is kind of, I've had mixed reviews. Yes, very true. So not, so that's another thing. Not all black and white mixed people identify as black people. They wholeheartedly identify as black and white. Yeah. Which yeah. is fine. Or maybe neither. You never or maybe know. neither. I, I, I also strongly identify as a mixed person. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I am same. mixed. I'm black and I'm mixed. I'm black and I'm mixed. That's what it is. I claim biracial too. To be honest, I do. I am too. Like, I don't know. It's you, complicated. It's sticky. It's sticky. As long as it's like I'm not taking away, you know, the blackness by saying biracial. Right. I'm just, it's what it is. I'm two things. Yeah. yeah. But like I'm black, so. But yeah, at the end of the day. Can't say I'm not. I'm getting called a nigger on the sidewalk, so. It has happened. <laughs> yeah. 
has happened to both of us. Yeah, yeah. And probably every other black person in America. Yay! This is America. <laughs>